People have told stories of the strange and supernatural for centuries. Tales of the restless dead return to haunt the living. Whispers of damned souls doing the devil's bidding on earth. Rumors of inhuman things that still hunt the old forests, untouched by the glare of modern life. There may be more to these stories than you could ever imagine. Join us tonight as we delve into the deeper truth inside these mysteries. This chair's a bit squeaky, isn't it? <laughs> Don't move. Yeah. How the devil are you all? Welcome to another episode of the Vermin Supernatural. Oh, we can we take our masks off now? Oh, yeah, yeah. better, aren't oh, right, you? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but we are going to be in close proximity for more than fifteen minutes, so one of us might die. All right, <laughs> we'll take a chance. Yeah, on we'll this take one. our chances. Well, thank you very much for joining us tonight. I am Solway, and this is Finchy McFinch. And uh, thank you for um, your patience. I think he forgot my name. We've been away that long. Been that long, yeah. It's been, yeah. It's been a bit of a distant uh, thing. Um, nothing that's you know. Well, it, well, I suppose for you, but. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a bit of a troublesome time. Absolutely, yeah. I think um, you know a lot of people know, and a lot of people have reached out and um, messaged me and uh, um, touched him in many ways. Yeah, well, I wish someone would. Um, but yeah, and a lot of people have reached out and and, and said um, you know wish me well and all the rest of it. Because obviously, um, a lot of people will know and a lot of people won't know. But me and the uh, wife have uh, split up, and that's. Part of, well, most of the reason why we haven't been able to put out a show recently. So yeah, so thanks for your patience. Thanks for getting in touch and your messages of um, um, you know reassurance and you know people have been through this and uh, and all the rest of it. And you know, you know the old cliches, things get better. And uh, appreciate everyone that's got in touch. Thanks for holding. And you all know who you are. You know the Patreon. Uh, Patreon's been absolutely fucking fantastic. Um, we haven't been able to do a show obviously because I haven't been able to get to. Um, record I mean it's get to the equipment and stuff so but we can still message them and we have been we've been sending messages that's what I could well. do yeah I put yeah. a post up there and then they've all you know said the bits and that and they've, you know I say thank, just thank you to everybody so um, yeah things will get better and um, on with the show as they say yeah we're not a sobcast uh, so, a sobcast sobcast that's what yeah. called we should we? Go, which sobcast, one, yeah. yeah there's sobcast sobcast yeah. I know a few of them yeah we do yeah. Uh, anyhow it will I mean we've been away for a bit but Mr. Gibson is a is a fun long time, of us. long yeah, time. He's, he's been uh, he's been with us for quite he's a while. He's been with us from the Don't Break the Oath days, and he's uh, quite a funny man. I, I feel. Yeah. And uh, well, we we got a surprising uh, little uh, thing through the post, didn't we? And uh, got a letter. But as as we opened the letter, a little thing pops out with it, and it's uh, it's very rare we we get gifts. To be fair, I think we've only had a, a few with that. Um, and was quite surprised when we see it. And uh, anyone from Grimsby, if you see silver or gold, your eyes light up. Massive. You know, like they do in the films. Go, <gasps> yeah. Open the golden chest. Well, anyhow, this uh, silver coin rolled out of it. And, uh, well, it's a uh, it's a stagecoach silver coin. And it's a, it's a full ounce. It's a full ounce. Yeah. Um. Which I believe, which we did have a look, uh, Mr. Gibson, because uh, we we'll read your letter out in a second. We had a look, and I uh, I had a quick look on the old eBay, and in the States, they're going for approximately £45. Yeah. So, thank so you very, very much. Generous. Very, very generous. generous. Yeah. Um, I'll have to keep it away from Lee, because Lee might take us down to a bookies and stick it in a slot machine, so yeah, well, uh, yeah. we'll keep that well away from him. <laughs> Gamble aware. We keep it uh, somewhere safe, won't we, I think, that one. 
Uh, now, forgive me uh, for reading a letter. You do have very neat handwriting, I have to say. And uh, I got round it in the end. Yeah. I got round it in the end, and we got the gist of it. But um, yeah, so it was. Uh, it's addressed to Lee. Must not like me. Well, he posted it. He <laughs> posted it to me, didn't he? So. Uh, uh, I hope you read this soon. As away shipping has been uh, lately, who knows how long it'll take. Yeah. Well, it's safe. We've got it. We've got it. The silver enclosed, as promised, is yours to use as you choose. As I've said, put it towards the show or keep it as your own. Entirely up to you. I appreciate the work you uh, you are doing. Uh, try and make sense of our insane world at this time. Uh, I And I will always be grateful for your interest and recording you made of my father's wall of hair story. Yeah, and that's still on YouTube, I think. For those who haven't heard it, it's called... Um, um, I don't know why I said... I don't know why I said... How the fuck am I going to remember what it's called? It's um, <laughs> Lister's Story, something like that. But it's on our YouTube channel, so go check it out. Well, this, uh, it says... Uh, that really piqued my interest um, in sharing other experiences. And mm. it's things like that, you know, like even one episode, it can, for you, for anybody... It can gain people's confidence to speak out about yeah. different things. I, I hope that, um, as well as being sort of entertaining, and and some people find us uh, noisy, noisy, and some people find us entertaining. I think um, I hope that we we don't just entertain. I hope that we start conversations off, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. And I hope people, not in none so grandiose fucking way, you know what I mean. I'm not going about changing the world, but I'm hoping that people listen and then they just mention it, you know. Because I've, I've spoke to people like um you know mateo mateo was on yeah, um yeah. he was on a a tube uh and he was listening he just happened to be listening to one of our shows and i think it was about the canal the strange deaths in the canals in manchester or, or you know there was a com- we did a comparison between that and boston and he was listening to it on a train yeah or we say train i say tubes and um he just like took one of his earbuds out, and the guy next to him, he didn't fucking know this guy, and he's like, "You've got to listen to this." He like <laughs> stuck it in this bloke's ear. <laughs> oh, what are you doing? He's like, "Listen to this," and uh, so it does happen. You know what I mean? And then this guy was saying, "What the hell's going on?" You know, because he could hear what's going. Well, yeah, he's just stuck it in his ear. Yeah, well, you know, after that, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, that's you know, thank you very much. So yeah, so Kale, you know, we appreciate it. Um, you know, he's been like I say, he's been with us from the start through thick and thin. Fantastic, thank you very much. Yeah, we got a good, a lot of fucking really friendly. Um, got some veterans, haven't we? We've we have got, got some got veterans. We've got some really friendly, um, you know, listeners and that. And uh, I'm going to touch on the Patreon stuff uh, soon, and then I'll, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll mention something else that come up from that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, people ask, you know, where the where the back shows are. They are on Patreon. Some of them are still available on the free feed, but yep. then most of them now are on the Patreon feed, just out of the way. Uh, it's only a dollar to access them. It's one dollar, and you get, get access to all of those. Not the Patreon episodes. They, you have to pay a little bit more for those. Um, but yeah, it's only a dollar. So if you can help us out any way, shape, or form, you know that's the way to do it. Go over to Patreon and sign up. And I do believe you can sign up on Patreon now in dollars, pounds, yen, whatever you yep. want. Um, if that makes it easier. Well, Mr. Gibson's just paid for. Is for a while. Well, give or get some for that money. <laughs> You'll get a t-shirt. Or get some thrown yeah. over to him. Um, well, whilst we have been gone, we have got a review. We've had a review come over. Mm. Um, 
we have had, you know, like we say, we've had people messaging, you know, where are you guys gone, you know, really missing it, you know, I'm really craving for the uh, the sob uh, podcast. <laughs> um, anyhow, uh, we got one from uh, Slade. Uh, the not, band? No, no, yeah. not now. <laughs> I'm sure they, I know they listen. Are they good listeners? Yeah, Noddy yeah, listens. Uh, yeah, uh, but from Slade, oh, Slade W, there we go, a bit, a bit more uh, into it. And, Sorry about uh, this chair, by the way. This is one of the problems <laughs> <laughs> with uh, doing this it's all part of a in this situation that we're in. Um, yeah, I ain't got my original usual chair. That, yeah. Anyway, carry on. And it's always it's always good to see in different titles of the reviews that we get. Yeah. And some of them show that you know people are really getting involved and mm. really interested in it. And this this one, I mean, it's it's a common thing that we've we've said before. You know, hello, how the devil are you? Indeed. And uh, this pod is pretty good i hope it continues for a long time thanks lee please tell us what your outro is from yeah, we've had about a few times a few people mentioned where yeah. you get these from and that um what um, do you know i'll i'll find out find we'll out, find out. i've got it somewhere i mean it was an old uh b movie um yeah, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I'll find that, yeah. <laughs> um, I have to say, I don't like, though, uh, the view of a half episode for iTunes or whatever, and the rest is for Patreon. Yeah. Um, seems like a bad way to do it. It is. How about doing episodes for Patreon instead of cutting the pod short? We do. You lose two stars that you should have had uh, gotten for this reason. Yeah. Also, now this is relating back to a previous episode. Uh, a coffee in Canada is two dollars forty for an extra large at Tim Hortons. So, I've never, to be fair, I've never heard of Tim Hortons. I don't, no, it must be music like star, our Starbucks or some country singer or something. Well, well, I think um, he. Uh, well, that's the point. I mean, if he's paying three dollars for a coffee, then two dollars for. Then that's what the, and the, that's the, the exact same yeah. for what Patreon. Patreon. Is. So that's yeah. that's always making the comparison between buying a coffee or supporting us. For a month, I don't know that's well. I don't know what the yeah, because that is right. Because I know I'm still paying towards it. Don't know why, mm. but I'm still paying no, towards well, yeah. it. But you think you get more out of it? That's why. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that was the thing. No, the episode thing. Yeah, it's a fair point. Like I say, the episodes that we split. I don't know if the, I don't know if this is clear, but the episodes that we actually split, we're not actually splitting the episode. Like halfway through, we're just cutting to another thing. We're actually doing something most of the time entirely different yeah. on the second portion of the episode it's just that the the episode it's in its entirety will be an hour long on the patreon version yeah. and half an hour long on the um free feed so it's not it's not splitting it in half is that you know i understand the point and it's not the ideal way to do it and that's not the way we want to do it and you know just because of the situation we need to get on with the show anyway because uh you know we're 10 minutes <laughs> in but um because of the situation it is and um we are hoping to just put some shows. Well, we are going to put some shows straight yeah. onto Patreon now um, to make up for the people that support us on there. Um, you know, for what they've, uh, you know, for the loss. So um, the, the next couple of episodes will go straight to Patreon. So yeah. Quick shout out also to our uh, Canadian viewers. We have uh, noticed on the chartable recently that we have gone up seventy eight places. Mm. Um, we're now ranked one hundred and nineteenth in Canada. Very good. So there we go. Thank you very much. You can't say Canton Canada. <laughs> anyway, so let's get on with this. Because, um, yeah. I want to take you back now, right, to, uh, I'm going to say Terashina. I think that's the way I'm going to say it. And uh, that's the way people should say it. So 
This is 30 kilometers away from Sofia, Sofia being the capital of Bulgaria. Yeah. Okay. And in short, an alien was found in a cave. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. So we've got that somewhere. I'll put, I'll put that in there rather than me doing it. Be better. So these events took place in the early 90s in Bulgaria from the December 6, 1990 to November 19th, 1992. And this is the interesting bit. Now, this all came to light because of a colonel in the Bulgarian army wrote a book called The Terashina Phenomenon, yeah? Right. Now, the whole operation was under the guidance and the um, acknowledgement of the defence ministry in Bulgaria. So this one, like... Um, a secret, you know, like I mean, it was a secretive operation, you know, but it was they was fully aware this was going on, and they were they backed it and and put money up to do this. Yeah. Now, the military dug right using picks and all the rest of the excavators a hundred and eighty meter long tunnel into hard rock, and then suddenly quit, covered it up with concrete, and just left it. Alright. You've got to ask the question why. Why? No. Oh, no, I was gonna say, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so what we've been able to glean from this is there was an operation that was underway called Operation Sunray. And Sunray was like um a psychic you know, like the Americans had you know the men who scare stare at goats, the old yeah, uh, yeah, Montauk yeah, yeah. project and all the rest of it. And well this was a psychic um, experiment to see if these psychics could pinpoint things, you know, secret bases, etc., etc. Yep. And they actually came in contact with a so-called alien being. Mm. All right. And this alien being just so happened to um, live in Bulgaria, which was uh, handy, uh, considering they were in Bulgaria. Um, it, it could happen. Um, so... What amazing discoveries did they find? Okay, well, I'm going to tell you. So in his book, then, then Colonel Shevekto Kanev, I think that's how you say it. Okay, he was part of the research. Now, he reveals that at a depth of five and a half metres, the team came across a rectangle-shaped stone, which they defined as biological, okay? Although it looked like a stone, it was biological. Now, one of the viewers, the remote viewers that was taking part in this experiment, a name uh, Eli Logniov, uh, had a- yeah, had actually said, "This is what you come across to look out for this particular stone. This is what he was seeing." Right. Okay. And they came across it pretty much straight away as soon as that had excavated and they found this stone. And behind this stone, there, were, there was a corridor or a tunnel, if you will, smooth sides, all the rest of it. Now, he did warn them that removing of this stone could be dangerous to human life because there was bacteria and things like that that would be alien to us, okay? As they got going into this tunnel, this tunnel started to spiral and it kept going deeper and deeper and the military encountered another barrier, a slab in the shape of a concave lens. To the right of this wall, yeah, to the right of this wall, they could see a shape almost embedded in the wall that was the shape of a humanoid 
Right. Um, and they said it was uh, dwarfing them in height, this, whatever this creature was or this being was. And at first I thought it was maybe a carving. Yeah. But when they approached closer, they realized it was actually, uh, in their words, it was um, like cryogenically frozen. Okay. Is how they describe it. You know, like you see on alien like yeah. alien films yeah. and that, yeah. That well that picture that that's kind of what they're saying they saw. Now around it was a slab of metal. Okay, and this metal was un of no known material. Yeah. Okay. Although it looked metallic and that's all they could say about it. They didn't want sure what it was made of. Entirely. And when they tried to move it, it was hit by a beam of powerful light. Okay, after recovering from this they found themselves in front of a tunnel about one and a half metres high with a silvery grey floor and extremely smooth walls covered in an unknown script. Colonel Kanev claims that one of his colleagues tried on three occasions to pass the threshold between the so-called what they called the X zone and the Y zone, yep. crossing the threshold if you like, but invariably thrown back and fell down as if crashing into a visible wall. Invisible wall. Fear of the unknown and the indescribable danger and the mystery hidden in the tunnel cooled down the enthusiasm of the military and brought about the burial of the Enigma two years after the effort. So it took them nearly two years to dig into this place. Far, yeah. And within minutes of discovering it, they were saying, right, let's just get out yeah, of here. Fill it up, let's go. Now, other research was done, carried out on July 16th, 1993, and a scientific team, you know, science, uh, scientists, engineers, students from Sofia, went down there to have a look if they could find this tunnel, uh, and indeed they believed they found the, where the concrete was poured and stuff, but right. they didn't manage to get in there, but they were scanning it with like geophys and things yeah, like yeah, that yeah. just to see what was under there, but they said that the whole time they was there, they was watched by many UFOs. Oh, and right. apparently, a lot you know, people that aren't familiar with this story go up that mountain and do see um, lots of uh, UFO activity, even hit by lights and stuff like that. So yeah. there's something going on there. Now, it's claimed that a famous clairvoyant actually predicted that this would happen. This whole, this what she called the uh, Terrashina Hole would be found, okay? Um, when she visited this village. And I'm going to go into a little bit more about her in another show. Right. Um, I won't really go into much detail about her now. Okay, so obviously this has been revealed in military documents. Now, 10 years later, this unknown E.T. spoke in human language for the first time thanks to Ruslan Solnov. Solnov? Okay. He was 28 at the time, and again, he's another psychic, okay? He lived in Bulgaria, and he started getting hit with these messages. And a lot of them, he managed to fill eight big notebooks, right, with right. hieroglyphs, symbols. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'd term hieroglyphs now, but to him, there was just these strange symbols, and he couldn't work out what it was. But... Did he not see it coming? He didn't see it coming, no. <laughs> um... But eventually, after contact and contact and contact, he managed to um, get the names of the people that he was actually communicating with. And he says he was introduced to themselves as Aragon, Simel, Atesta, 
and Verna, right? And they were all from the planet Neutrina, which had exploded. And they claimed that they had been living on Earth for 150,000 years. And at that point, there was no other living organisms, or microorganisms, which I find a bit strange, but this is what they're saying. And who am I to argue with aliens, you know, that live in a hole? <laughs> um, and that would be foolish. If anyone out there is thinking that they should not agree with aliens... Then, yeah, be careful. Yeah, be careful of that. So, um, you see Mars attacks. So, all right, there were originally seven of them, <clears throat> but unfortunately one is dead, and that's the one that's buried in Terrashina, okay? The other one, uh, who's not named, he just took off, lives in Tibet. Right, yeah. Right? Uh, although there was another guy who actually years and years before this, actually wrote about a very similar thing in Tibet. Okay. Now, they explained that they were bisexual. Um, Is that relevant? I'd, possibly. Right, um, okay. Maybe, they, you know... They, uh, Just don't, wanted to yeah. get it out there, did they? Yeah, but, yeah. I mean... <laughs> um, Open closet and all that, you know? And they also said that human beings were their descendants. All right. Now, they say that they look like us, but they have red eyes, okay? And a barely noticeable triangles on their forehead, which I think would be noticeable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, now, they're obviously on a higher development uh, than us. Okay. Where was the arrow pointing? Or was it just a triangle? It's just a triangle on the red. So, yeah. Mm. Weird. Okay, so... What sort of triangle? A triangle. <laughs> but you, you, it says it says barely noticeable. But like, what, like an Illuminati? I, I think like a tattoo on your head, is going to yeah. be noticeable. But okay, so they were involved in this state called what they called Shamada, Shamadi. Oh, we're coming out okay. with the names today. Yeah, in which they can stay basically in hibernation for thousands of years. Right. So they, this is what this thing, what they found in the tunnel, was doing. No, oh, that's the dead one anyway. They found in there, but that they were in there, and they were basically hibernating. Until the right time, until the vibration of the earth reaches their frequency that they can operate at, um, which they said it was at before it d- descended into chaos. Um, and again, like I say, this guy also wrote a book about a, a, an alien being in a state of shamadi. How would you say that? Samadhi. Samadhi. Yeah, so he writes about this as well. So again, you, but they, so. Whether he knew this before this, I don't know. But he's saying that this alien's telling him there's one in Tibet, and this guy's wrote a book about one being found in Tibet. Okay, now this is the interesting bit. So Ruslan was not only writing hieroglyphs, okay, but he was communing with the Neutrinians. He contacted them mainly in the morning and the evenings and transcribed uh, what he received in, like I say, these hieroglyphs. But eventually he was able to get them to communicate with him in Bulgarian. All right, okay. Okay. Bilingual. Is it bilingual, say now? Bilingual and bisexual. Okay, so according to the Neutrinians, then, fear is our biggest problem, and that's definitely the case at the moment. At the beginning of 2012, the clairvoyant knew his mother kept telling him that some aliens needed to speak to him, and that it was something very important. In the beginning, Rushland did not pay attention to her because he'd not even heard about Terashina, who had. I was wondering for a long time, he says, whether to listen to her, and finally I decided to go and see what was happening. 
a man. I'm grateful that I did. So his mother accompanied him with blankets and water and a few sandwiches. Uh, and they headed to Terashina. Okay, they were told exactly where to sit on this hill and stayed there for the night. It was exciting. I felt like I was weightless. The date was um, fixed in my head. It was the 1st of May. And maybe we were there to get the right kind of energy. Um, anyway, some message was needed to be delivered via my mother. One of the aliens took control of my mother and started talking through her. We had to get rid of some fears. And again, this is what the state is to keep talking about. This fear is our biggest issue. The next day, on our way back, I was sad because I felt like I was leaving home. You get a lot of people who get abducted by aliens and stuff, and they kind of have that very similar feeling that they almost feel like they're, they belong. Right. Do you know what I mean? Some of them are totally terrified yeah. of, for obvious reasons. A lot of them feel like when they come back, they're sort of like they're longing to go back again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Thing, yeah. And he says he felt you know, that similar feeling. And when he got back, then he started to write stuff down. Now, this is the strange thing. So he's writing these symbols down. And again, at the beginning, it was just hieroglyphs to him. But what was interesting, although he couldn't read them, when he wrote some of them, he was sad. And when he wrote others, he actually laughed out loud. So whatever he was writing, he could, on some level, he was understanding it. Referring to it, yeah. Uh, even though he couldn't, um, you know, in his own, he just couldn't understand. You know, he didn't, he's not making any guesses what it said, but he said he could, he felt like the emotion from it. He could feel yeah. uh, what it was portraying to him. Now, other ones, he was able to um, repeat in a strange language, like a mantra, just over and over again, uh, these particular phrases and that, which again, he doesn't know what it was meant until, like I say, they eventually, after communicating with him for a while, decided to um, speak in his language, Yeah, uh, which obviously they knew. Um, and he said he shifted his mindness into an emotion of willingness, and obviously that helped them translate, and the, alien, the aliens translate. Um, this is where the information started to flow, okay? He said he understood the aliens had a sense of emotion without being able to understand our language. The experience was extraordinary. I believe me studying the f um, all this helps interpret the complex for planets and human beings. Uh, and then he goes on to say that the creatures from other galaxies considering, considered us as infants, still learning to walk. Um... Now, biggest one of our biggest problems, as well as the fear factor, is the fact that we consider ourselves separate beings. Right. Okay. Not a collective. You know, we colony. Yeah, not a colony. We get yeah. we, we we consider ourselves as individuals, which is obviously to them is an issue. I would think that's a good thing, personally. Um. I think there's restrictions on ourselves that we should live longer than what we should. Mm. I think that you know there is like so you, know, you see some people you know hundred plus, um, but I think there's still restrictions on there's something that we're doing wrong. It's definitely something that we're doing wrong, and I, I think that's why the way like they're seeing it as well, they're restricting themselves from living a long, not longer life because I still think it's probably short to them. Yeah. Now, 
it goes on to say like the aliens say all this stuff and I mean this becomes known as Bulgaria's Area 51 and stuff but yeah. the, the, a lot of people think that the military although they may have had an inkling that these aliens were buried in this mountain they were actually trying to find treasure you like, know like both weren't you well a bit of both but more, more interestingly to them they was interested in the treasure side thing so what alien treasure alien treasure yeah which could be worth a lot of money and technology and stuff like that Looked, yeah that's what was really interesting they weren't re- interested about retrieving bodies again, again like this this body that was meant to be there they left it in there now he talks about this slab of metal <clears throat> They come across this slab of metal in a tunnel, the military, and uh, they had to remove it to get into the thing. But that slab of metal was made of strange metal. Now, a similar thing happened in Wales. Right. I think it was it was one of the major cities in Wales, so it was either Swansea or Cardiff, but they was building a new estate, and these contractors were there, and there was, they was going to put a, a road through this, like connecting one estate to the other. And as they was digging this road, they come across some art in the ground, not unusual. You get hard rock, granite, etc. Yeah. So they brought in a different machine to break this thing, and they could not penetrate whatever this foot was. So the um, it was holding them up, and the guy, the foreman, the guy who's in charge, he'd come across and said, what's the hold up? And they said, we can't penetrate whatever's down here. So he said, well, um, how far does it go? And so they, they got a stick or whatever, and they managed to prod in the ground, and it was like, they could prod in there, and they go a few feet over there, and they could prod in there, then they could go through it forward. And yeah. then they realized that this thing that was blocking them was perfectly square, 12 right. feet by 12 feet. Um, so anyway, dug down, it scraped away, and it was able to scrape away, and it was able to find a metal. It, to them, it looked like pewter or like a lead-type yeah, 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 substance, yeah. although it was impenetrable. Um, you know, because with lead and stuff like that, it's normally quite malleable, isn't it? But this wasn't i mean they had a, a back actor you know jcb is trying and uh and couldn't pe- penetrate even though it was soft to the touch yeah, yeah, like yeah, a lead yeah. and he said that was really weird the guy was there like who spoke about this and he said in the end he says you can actually go on google maps now and you'll see this estate and you'll see like this road goes and then they built a roundabout and if you measured the roundabout it's actually 12 feet Same as yeah it's is. covering yeah. that perfectly because they couldn't do anything with it yeah um it, it, it almost underneath Oh, sorry. They, they actually removed the metal. Yeah, that was weighed in. They actually weighed it in as metal, as lead, and they got a few quid and shared it out between well, yeah. them. But underneath this, they found a pyramid, and again, this was made of this stone. It looked like it was made of like a pyramid, perfect pyramid. But this was made of a stone that they couldn't penetrate, and so that's why they built a roundabout on top of this. Um, well, it's a well, it's a pyramid, and he says it's still there today. But obviously, it's hidden by this roundabout pyramid. But you see this straight road going perfectly straight, and then all of a sudden, there's a roundabout in the middle of it. it Don't go anywhere. It's not connected to anything else. It's just there to, to literally hide this thing that mm. they couldn't. All links to the pyramids. Well, it's, again, it's another pyramid. Yeah, pop up everywhere, don't they? But it's interesting. Um, you know that he mentions this slab of metal, and uh, you know another guy there. And I suppose there's many other accounts of things similar. But um, anyway, you've got a well, very yeah. interesting. What would you do? If you got home, just oh, hard day's work, you know, you come home, I want a drink, I want a beer, I want a yeah. beer. You open the fridge and, fuck, there's an alien in there. Could happen. Could happen. Well, it did. It did. It did happen. Um, now, a woman has kept an alien in a fridge for two years. Right. Now, this is... 
it's it's only a two foot alien, so it's still it's still fitable. Yeah, it, it, with you know, it doesn't it, whether it's an undercounter or an American fridge, you know, ladder or whatever they call them these days. But um, it's fitable now. She didn't tell anyone until recently. Well, right. I suppose I don't know. You, you're either going to tell them straight away. Or you're going to keep it undercover for a bit until you feel confident to. Let well, it if, go. You, if she waited two years, she obviously got to a point where she thought, "I can't tell anybody about this now. I well, put this yeah. in my fridge, and probably more people are going to be asking the question, not where did the alien come from? Why did you put it in the fucking fridge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's now, probably what she's embarrassed about. This was in uh, Moscow, in Russia, no, obviously. Um... <laughs> I thought he was even going to say Russia or <laughs> South America. Uh, well, yeah. A Russian woman claims to have found proof of extraterrestrial life. And kept... I'd say that's more than proof. Well, yeah, yeah. just a bit. <laughs> She's got a fucking alien in the fridge. <laughs> kept the alien corpse chilling in her fridge for two years after its module crash-landed outside her house. Yeah, they've got an habit of doing that. Well, yeah. Mm. Uh, Marta... Ooh, I'm not going to pronounce that surname. Yogarivivan uh, wrapped the two-foot-long body with a huge head and stick-like arms in a pla- in in plastic and hid it away. She's got the old cling film out, whacked it over it. I mean, two years. Well, this is it. She's finally revealed her secret to the authorities, and the pictures have sparked an internet frenzy. With stargazers claiming they are proof that there is life out there. Marta told investigators she found uh, the alien after hearing a crash outside her home in Russia, in Moscow, in 2009. She claimed that she approached the burning wreckage of a UFO, which she described as unbearably hot, and near the twisted hulk lay the dead alien. Marta then lovingly, lovingly wrapped the creature in plastic and shoved it into the <laughs> fridge. <laughs> not uttering a word to anyone. Yeah, nice and nice, lovingly, yeah, isn't it? Lovely. Wrap them in plastic. I mean, wonder what she does to the neighbours. Did she know it was dead? I'm well, she yeah, she's dead. Yeah, she's I think in. she knows what she's yeah. doing. This matter here. Was, I don't think the fridge. Is, I mean, take it to the vets. Well, uh, the remains have apparently been examined by uh, the Karelian Research Centre of the Russian Academy of Sciences, uh, a website reported that two men from the research centre turned up at Marta's homes a few days ago. Uh, the, uh, oh, here we go. Paranormal writer Michael Cohen said, this could be an elaborate hoax. Mm. However, the possibility it might be an alien should not be discounted. Russia is a hotbed of UFO activity, with craft being tracked. Well, either that or the US or uh, British Air We didn't get any favour with what they... The scientists said. Uh, well, no. What would not, they not... tell you if it was, though? That's the thing, isn't yeah. it? I suppose it goes into classified... Like, yeah. some, you know, like Area 50, they'll release certain info. If it was bogus, they'd just say it was. I mean, they'd say that anyway, wouldn't they? Yeah. So it's kind of like... Yeah. Now, the latest claim by Marta uh, from Russia comes after two students from Siberia claimed to have recovered a body also from a uh, yeah, that was bollocks. Yeah, UFO that, crash yeah. site in April. Uh, the later admitted the creature was, in fact, made out of brown bread. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was brown bread. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah. It literally was. Um, but yeah, it's, that was more of a publicity stunt, wasn't it? They've, mm. you know, they've got the millions watching them, keeping their eyes on them. Um, but no, I mean, 
we'll pop a picture up on the hangout. To me, it looks like a... It looks like a frog. Frog. Massive fucking frog. Looking at it. It looks a cross between a frog and a critter. Yeah. 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 Cool, though. I don't... I mean, what did she... I mean, I'd love to see what she actually said, why she did it. I mean, was she open to get it stuffed, or...? <laughs> Just left it chilling, hadn't she? I mean, because if you find something like... I tell you what it looks like. It looks like Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. But with, like, skinny Jabba, arms. Jabba. I, I would say, yeah. I mean, if you if you could get that stuffed and put it on your mantelpiece, it'd look quite cool. Yeah, it's going to look good for Halloween, for sure. Yeah. Um, now, here's the thing. Now, with us being a dockside town, uh, we, we see some big rats. Big rats around here. But dock rats. Dock rats, yeah. I mean, we are talking, like we say, rats, rats as big as pussy cats, because that's, that's what they are. Yeah. Now, I have never, ever, ever, ever seen one the size of this rat that I've I've, I've come across. Um, and this is in Mexico City. Now, the, the rat, rat itself looks like a big bloody cuddly toy that you win at one of the fairs or, um, yeah. you know, something like that. That's the king rat. Does, does, yeah, it is a king rat. Uh, <laughs> well, workers cleaning out a city drainage system uh, were left stunned after coming face to face with a giant rat that dwarfed them in size. So it gives you a rough idea already. Mm. But, yeah, it's taller than, say, say, six foot, let's say. Um, well, maybe. I if mean, it dwarfed them, yeah, you're but looking a sewer up at system, it. you might send dwarfs down there. Well, yeah, you never know. Yeah. Our children. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know what happens in Mexico. So. I don't know how big the tunnels are. But um, as crews battled to remove 22 tons of litter from Mexico City's sewage tunnels, they discovered the incredibly... Well, it's no wonder there's a fucking massive rat then, is there? Well, this incredibly lifelike creature with realistic fur sat in a hunched over position. Mm. I thought just it was an old man in the corner. Do get him. Uh now, at first, you know, people are freaking out, looking at it, thinking, fucking hell, looks real, looks real, looks real. Uh, to cut it short, they, someone found out that it was a fucking prop. And oh, someone, yeah. someone's gone down there and put the bugger in. But this this is one of them stories that can go either way. Someone could have took this story and gone, fucking hell, you know, this is real, this is happening. And... Uh, when you look at it, the bloke, bloke say he pulls it out, and it looks like what he's doing is hosing it. Yeah, you know, cleaning it. Um, so people were thinking it was, you know, thinking it was real. Um, everyone around there was, you know, he's hosing it down. It looks like it resembled a real rodent, um, claiming they'd have ran away in fear if they'd ever seen it on the street. I wonder if it was for a film or something. Well, that's it. It'd been a mm. prop for something. Now, next question. We see big rats round here. Surely there must be bigger ones than what's round here. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm t- I'm talking... Some, some of these, I think you could probably say two foot. I think the biggest one was mm. two foot six, I think it was, over here. Um, that we've seen on the docks. I've I've seen some chunky ones, you know, two foot ones. Um, but I I bet there'll be worth some, somewhere. There will be some bigger. I'm yeah, talking if, three yeah, foot. On tips and stuff, there's going to be massive, massive yeah. ones, yeah. I mean, some of the tails on some. Well, they ain't going to. They ain't going to come away from there, are they? No, they get so big where the natural predators won't won't be able to take them. I mean, I watch a lot of them programs where you see uh, in the Asian continent of 
they've got massive piles of junk and rubbish, mm. waste heaps, like what we call over here tip or something like that. They've got it over and it's like on some of them are keep on barges as well. And they're going over them. And what's what done surprise yeah, I I never see it on there. You see a few rats kicking about, but you don't see any big chunky ones kicking about. I wonder if they're either hiding in amongst it all, like a big one in the middle or something, or they are somewhere else. Because you don't, I, I've I've seen yeah, I've seen plenty of programs, but they're not big rats. Mutant rats, not big rats. Yeah, mutant ones. Could happen. But anyhow, <laughs> now is is some a bit bit off par. Well, not off par. It's still still related uh, to a Bigfoot story. This one, but a woman says she was seduced by Bigfoot's huge erection. I'll do it. Now, well, I don't know who's been going around doing this, but here we go. You've probably heard a number of freaky, bizarre, and downright odd stories surrounding the legend of Bigfoot over the years. Yep. But chances are you've never encountered one quite like this. And while there's a very strong chance that this unexpectedly sexual story is a complete and utter fabrication, in fact, I'm willing to bet the house on it, it's still way too kooky to pass up. According to the folks at Moron, a marijuana farm (laughs) by the name of Nancy Hoggart, well, that says it all, uh, was tending to her crops in Belfair, Washington, when she discovered that Bigfoot was snacking on her precious buds. Oh. Well. The plant, or? Well, since a Sasquatch (laughs) was nibbling away at her, our livelihood, um, Hoggart decided (laughs) to dispense a little backwards justice. Armed with a shotgun, she confronted Bigfoot about his decision to turn her pricey pot plants into an afternoon meal. That's when things got a little hairy. Mm. Nancy Hogger allegedly told the website Bigfoot Tracker News, I pointed my shotgun at him and he put up his hands, scared. Yeah. Well, hmm? or, well, I don't know, Bigfoot... <laughs> I suppose if, uh, that, if you're that, going to that, see anyone, I suppose, I suppose that, they're used to getting a shotgun. Yeah, I suppose that's not the most um, that's not the the most strangest part of the story. Well, there we go. <laughs> to be honest, uh, yeah. So uh, I pointed my shotgun at him, and he put his hands up, scared. That's when I looked down and noticed he had a huge erection between his legs. Well, you weren't that scared then? Well, hmm. I hadn't gotten any in a while, and well, from there, well, it seems it somehow turned into an adult movie. Oh dear. I don't know if he started it, or I did. Well, he probably started it with a huge erection. He he did me from behind, which felt great. Hmm. (laughs) Since Nancy and Bigfoot, whom she lovingly refers to as John, are having a lot of fun together, Hoggart is thinking about changing her last name to Bigfoot. What's more, she wouldn't be completely opposed to having a child with the legendary monster. Once I'm pregnant, Bigfoot, or John, as I call him, uh, and I are going to settle down and live in a quiet, domesticated life in my my house. He loves living in the forest, but I'm sick of a long-distance relationship. Mm. I have to commute for three hours to be with my mum. It's getting old, and uh, gas is expensive, Hogger explained. Uh, You know, effectively solidifying the tale's ridiculousness. But the Hollywood gossip notice uh, also, uh, notes that Hoggart intends to capitalise on her boyfriend's 
popularity now that her income has dropped drastically following the legislation of marijuana in Washington. Now, this story might sound like a pile of Sasquatch crap, but at least it's entertaining. Well, that's true. (laughs) Well, surely you would... um, I mean... A big, um, I mean, a Bigfoot's going to stink, in it? Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Well, I don't know, if it's near a lake, I suppose it'll have a wash mm, with a bit a of wash, uh, yeah, but... rub of a fish under the arm. Yeah. And... and can she get pregnant by a Bigfoot? Well, who knows? We don't know, do we? We don't we'll know how closely linked. Follow this up with Hogger and uh, yeah, will. find out how life with a Bigfoot is going. I mean, so many questions, isn't there? Randy Bigfoot. Randy Bigfoot. Uh, so many questions if I believed it. That's it. But um, anyway, as this was a short show, we should finish um, this up. Um, yeah, so back on Patreon, it was it was Megan who um, messaged me. She said she had no choice about signing up to Patreon. She said, as soon as I heard there was a Bobby Dazzler tear, and that was an option. And she said, I had to sign up. She just loves that expression. She says, it's something you don't commonly hear in the, in the USA. Uh, but for some reason, my Minnesota family adopted the saying. And this makes me smile now whenever I hear it. Uh, she goes on to say that we do a great job in that. So thank you very much for that. And thank you, you for signing up to Patreon. Yeah. Um, do we have someone else sign up to Patreon? And obviously, like I say, thank you for uh, bearing with us and that. And we've... Um, we're getting back into the swing of things. I think that's the main thing. You know, we're, we are back. And, you know, we've got plenty, 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 plenty packed in line to go on some shows. Yeah. Um, What's going on here, Cat? Can't load this up. While he's pissing about with that, I'll, I'll just give you a quick thing of a, uh, oh. a cursed doll. Um, and I'll put the picture up as well on the Hangout. Um... Cursed doll with evil signed nail to its chest is hung from a tree spooking locals, as I'm sure it would. Um, now, this is in Liverpool, in England. Um, Americans might know Liverpool as to linked with probably Titanic more than more than out. I mm. imagine. Is it Liverpool Docks? It was Dockyard, it was built and that? Uh, no, I think it was built. Was it, or did in... it dock from there? I don't know. I, think, I thought it was made in Belfast or something. Yeah, but I think it docked. It was docked at Liverpool. I'm sure it was. Maybe some Maybe of that. Anyway. Well. If not, you know Liverpool now. You probably, well, say that. The Beatles. Well, yeah, Beatles. Beatles. There we go. What's um, going on here? And I was quite surprised actually. For my, throughout my time in New York, the amount of people that um, Liverpool FC football club, mm. uh, amount of Americans that uh, you know are now following football because obviously it's boomed over there. But a lot of them uh, know uh, know about Liverpool football club. But anyhow, so yeah, uh, this doll was. Uh, uh, locals were spooked by a creepy doll that has been nailed to a tree close to a busy junction in Liverpool. A uh, mysterious doll is tied by a rope onto a small piece of wood and is covered by a sign which reads, Evil live here. It's also pinned up by a rusty nail like a stake through the figure's heart. It was first spotted by Dawn, who passes a sign in the Old Swan area as a regular uh, walk to work. She says it's baffling everyone. I've lived there 15 years and never seen anything like it before. It looks like it's been there for a while. The nails are all rusted. It blends in well with the tree and it's really scary. 
Now I've taken pictures of it, I feel spooked and wondered. Am I cursed now? It's been put on social media and everyone's baffled in, in the swan all about it. One possible explanation for the weird doll is that it's a reference to the discovery of a mass grave in nearby St. Oswald Street. A total of 3,561 bodies were found in coffins piled 16 deep by council workmen in 1973 mm. and subsequently cremated. It was a popular local rumour that many of the dead had holes in their chests as if a stake had been driven into them. Oh, yeah. But why were the bodies buried uh, there remains a mystery. Now... Well, uh, you, you've been to Liverpool a lot. Yeah. Um, to be fair, because it is a, a quite big city, and you do see them in, in the cities. But I, I find Liverpool. There's like one area of Liverpool. There's loads of massive uh, cemeteries. Mm. You know, all in all in one area. Um, Maggle around there It'll as well. Get yeah. Like a, yeah, it could be just an overflow, couldn't it? Yeah. I mean, we had an overflow just up here, the park. Yeah. What, what is a park now? It used to be a graveyard. Yeah, a lot, and, a lot uh, of them just get yeah. it, worked it kept over flooding. Yeah. Um, and all the the bodies would end up um on top of the ground so yeah. they in the end they dug it all up and uh buried them somewhere else or buried them well, prob- big probably did the whatever. same thing yeah yeah same thing again it just happens doesn't it? it does but yeah so uh obviously a short show uh you know we didn't have much time to um come up with some shit there so we just give you what we had <laughs> to hand and uh, the next show obviously will be uh fantastic um well uh, we'll try. So, thank you very much for your patience. Thank you very much for still being here. Thank you very much for uh, getting in touch. Thank you very much for keep sending your stories in. I've um, got a couple of little stories to uh, go over. There's one story that happened not too far away. A uh, dogman encounter. Yeah. I'd say a dogman. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, get, I'll tell you what it was, but it's a weird creature. Possibly a dogman. But it didn't happen too far away, so we're actually open to go out there in the very near future and investigate ourselves. But I'll give you the story on the next show. Um, shall I give you a joke before we go? Shall I give you a joke before oh, we go? Oh, Jesus. Um, okay, so... Not a nun one again, is it? It's not a nun, no. It, God. It, well, so oh, no. there's a, a truck driver, right? And he's driving along. He's absolutely pissing down in the rain, right? And he's driving along his truck and he sees this little bloke by the side of the road thumbing for a lift. Hitchhiker, yeah? So he pulls over. He's all right, mate. Do you want a lift? He says, pissing down it. He says, yeah. He says, that'd be very kind. So he jumps in. Anyway, he gets in. He says, hey, uh, take your coat off, look. He says, there's a towel behind you there. You can get dried up and that. And the bloke says, oh, thank you very much. That's very kind, he says. And driving along. And uh, the truck driver says to him, hey, I've got some uh, flask down there. If you want a coffee, he says, um, you know, let's get warm up and that. Because obviously you piss wet through. He says, you have one of my coffees. He said, oh, thank you very much. That's very kind, dear. Uh, driving along, he offers him something to eat. He has some of his snap there, and that he says, "You want some pack up and that?" And the bloke says, "You know what?" He says, "You're the kindest truck driver that's ever picked me up when I've been hitchhiking." He says, "You've really gone out of your way to look after me." And the bloke says, "Well, you know, I'm just passing the time." And I said, "No," he says, "You're a really nice person." He says, "Um, did you notice anything different about me?" And the bloke says, well, I noticed you was small on the small side, you know what I mean? But I didn't want to say, you know. And he says, yeah, he says, um, but what about anything else? And the bloke says, nothing. He says, well, look at my ears. And he says, your ears? He says, you look at my ears. And he says, see how the pointy and that and all that top. He says, oh, yeah, they are, aren't they? He says, yeah. He says, I'm a fairy. The bloke says, a fucking what? He says, a fairy. You know, a fairy. 
And he's like, a fairy? Oh, fucking hell. He says, never met a fairy before. He says, yeah. He says, and because you've been so nice to me, he says, we're able to grant a wish. Okay. So the truck driver says, a, f- a fucking wish? He said, yeah. Well, could you, a, f- a wish? So he says, so tell me, he said, what would you like the most? So the truck driver thinks about it for a bit. And he says, you know what? He says, I've been doing this job 30, 40 years, you know. And um, I, I can't be out. I just don't want to drive trucks anymore. I said, I'm fed up with it. He said, I'd really like a little bit of money just so I could retire and call it a day. So the, the fairy says, do you play the lottery? And the truck driver says, yeah, I do, yeah. He says, tell you what. He says, put a quid on the lottery this weekend and you're going to win a million pounds. Will that do you? And he said, a fucking million pounds. He said, yeah, a million pounds. He said, well, yeah, that'll do me nicely. So anyway, he says, oh, thank you very much, fairy. Anyway, driving along. And the fairy says to him, he says, um, you know, I've granted you this wish and that. And he says, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm made up. Thank you very much, he says. He says, well, he says, you know, people sometimes repay us fairies for granting wishes. And he says, oh, yeah, and how to do that? I said, I'm getting a million pounds. I can give you some money. Like, he says, no, no, no. He says, no, you don't understand. He says, sometimes they repay us sexually because where we come from, um, where I come from, you don't get a lot. So um, the truck driver says, oh, yeah, yeah, really? He says, well, I don't know about that. He says, he says, well, he says, but the only thing is, he says, we do like to do it up the bum. So the truck driver says, whoa, fucking hell, I'm not sure about that. Like, and he, the fairy says, well, he says, no, so it's entirely, he says, all I'm saying is some people, this is how they repay us. He says, that money you've got is absolutely safe, right? He says, that's totally safe. You, I'm not going to take that away from you, right? I'm just saying, just saying, I'm just saying. So the truck driver's driving along a bit and he's thinking about it. And he says, well, he is only small. He won't have a very big penis, I don't think. And he has to give me a million pounds. Will it hurt that much? I don't know. So he goes, do you know what? He says, I'm going to let you. He says, you've given me a million. He says, the least I can do is let you do me bum. So the fairy says, oh, oh, fucking hell. He says, oh, fantastic. So they pull over. What are you laughing at? (laughs) We pull over, right? We. <laughs> <laughs> it's a true story. <laughs> they pull over. So anyway, gets out in the back and that gets in the back of the wagon and uh, truck driver bends over and the fairy gets behind him and he starts giving him big licks and that. Nice portion of helmet and fuck and the the uh, truck driver's there going oh you know oh bloody hell this oh this does yeah, a bit like oh and the fairy's there and he says uh, hey up truck driver he says. How old are you? And the truck driver says, Whoa, whoa, I'm fucking, oh, I'm 38. Why? He says, You're a bit old to believe in fairies, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, as we know, viewers, we know Lee believes in fairies, so. Can't see us. We'll we'll leave that one. Listeners. Listeners, viewers, listeners. I don't know, they might look at a picture of us whilst well, they're uh, on my listening. Tinder, yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> Grinder. As we know, we uh we know Lee is uh is, is a believer in fairies, so we'll leave that story there. Well and, yeah. uh, story I did slip, joke, up, I did slip in the middle of it and I introduced yeah. myself into the story. Getting too deep into the conversation yeah. now with the fairies. But uh yeah, so um next weekend uh, we should 
be putting a show and that'll solely go on to Patreon. So if you can help us out in any way, shape or form, that, you know, any way you can help us out, you can join a Patreon. That'd be fantastic. Uh, you know, if you want to listen to the back catalogue, that's available there. That's a dollar a month. I mean, that's fuck all a dollar a month. I mean, it's fuck all to us as well. We don't get no for that. But if you can do that, that'd be great. Um, spread the word. Obviously, that yeah, helps. Keep sharing it out there. Keep the reviews coming and keep your stories coming. If you've got a paranormal story you want to share with the show, send it in. Uh, supernaturalpod at gmail.com and we'll read it out. Um, or get you on, whichever you want. Yeah. Um, unless you're not, and then we will. We'll definitely get you on definitely get you on there yeah. yeah um but yeah so yeah enough been enough said uh, again uh i just want to say thank you again thank you very much and keep so, sending the golden nuggets in yeah fantastic yeah <laughs> but yeah but more importantly uh join patreon yes <laughs> but yeah now we'll see you soon definitely soon so thank you again and uh yeah have a great weekend uh and rest of the week and uh we'll see you on the other side bye for now well, they've gone. No, just for now. It wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there'll be other nights, other stars for us to watch. They'll be back. Bye.